Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Think of all the things that weigh on you and your life. Sometimes it feels like the weight of the world, but help is near and available. Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun with the introduction of our guest speaker and our scripture for today. I'm going to be um, reading to you the, from the gospel for our passage today. We have a great guest speaker today, and it's from the gospel of Luke, chapter 13, and starting with verse 10. And now, if you're able, why don't you stand up in honor of the gospel? I'll just try to give you a little rest sitting down and now we're up. Okay, let me read it for you. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant, because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, we have a special treat today. We are about to hear from Pastor Carol Moorhead. Carol is a senior pastor of Grace Episcopal Church in Boston. Uh, Surprisingly, she's not a Tom Brady fan, um, uh, the quarterback of the Patriots, or former quarterback of the Patriots. Uh, Boston's a weird town. Like, all the women want to be with Tom Brady, and all the men want to be Tom Brady. I like Tom Brady, but I hope the 49ers beat him this year in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Um, Her husband, uh, Dan, if we have the lights up, he's standing. Why don't you stand up, Dan? And he's a psychiatrist who teaches psychiatry at Tufts University and specifically mentors about 24 students. Yay, Dan. And boy, do we need more therapists in the community, uh, Christian psychiatrists especially. And and Carol... um, truly has a heart for mental health. And in fact, she is the co-founder of the big um, Pathway to Hope mental health conferences in San Antonio that still go on. And and she and her husband, Dan, were the speakers for the HIM mental health conference yesterday, where people from 74 churches and 12 states online attended, where we talked about trauma and aging and dementia and self-care, among other topics. In fact, I think the Moorheads have spoken at least at least uh, three of the five years we have had those conferences. Carol also has a passion for creation care and helping people who experience houselessness and for those who suffer from food insecurity. 
And she and her husband uh, seem to like the same kind of TV shows and movies that I like, so it means she is of great spiritual maturity. <laughs> but I'm so glad to hear, and we have become very close friends over the years, and so please give a warm aloha and welcome to Pastor Carol Moorhead. Do I need to move this? Or? Uh, no. Oh, you're going to pop no. your things on. Okay. That's all good. Great. Thank you. All righty. Glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Um, really, I love to come to Hawaii. We've been here uh, for the Mental Health Conference um, a number of times. And each time I, I go away and I think, this is just an incredible blessing. And, and I have this deep sense that I'll be back and that God is doing such amazing things here through Dan, through First Pres, through him, through so many things, and, um, and through you. And I'm so blessed to be a part of it. So thank you, and thank you, Dan. Um, indeed, I would have to care about football to care about Tom Brady. I'm sorry to say that I'm a, more of a basketball girl or a, a big fan of soccer. So that's where you're going to find my energy. So tomorrow afternoon I'll be watching Liverpool play um, on TV. I won't be in Liverpool. They won't either. But um, yeah, and so and I grew up uh, in uh, the Midwest. I grew up in Missouri. I tend to live in states that start with M, Missouri, Massachusetts. Um, actually, I've also lived in Texas for a long time. But when I grew up, a long time ago, long ago in a land far, far away from Hawaii, um, Sundays were a particularly important day. I grew up in a Christian home, and my dad had very specific notions of what Sunday meant. Because in his mind, Sunday was Sabbath day. He borrowed that from the Jewish tradition. Of course, Sunday is not actually Sabbath, Sabbath began at sunset on Friday, and I didn't know that until a long time later. I thought Sunday was actually when the Jewish tradition was, but I learned, I grew up. But my dad would not allow us in our house to have the television on, the radio on, music playing in any way on Sunday morning. And I found this particularly oppressive particularly the radio part, because I liked to get up. I had a clock radio. You know, it was one of those great ones that had the little metal things that went around with each minute, and then when you had to change the time, it was da 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 da, -da, -da. Um, I'm really dating myself now. And so I couldn't turn on my clock radio in the morning and listen to music as I got ready. I really thought that was, I truly thought it was oppressive. I thought my dad was probably evil, but he would say to us, <laughs> This is the Lord's day, and you need to prepare your mind for what we're about to go do and worship God. And at the time, I thought, well, that's just silly. I mean, I can prepare my mind while I'm listening to the Top 40 by Casey Kasem. I don't need that space. But as I grew older, and I look back on that, I came to really appreciate that. And of course, now in my week-to-week -week job where I'm getting up on Sundays and, and doing what Dan does and leading a kind of uh, a little flock, um, I am so grateful that somewhere that got instilled in me, that this is the Lord's day. 
I also grew up with blue laws. You might have heard of blue laws. This is where there are certain things that couldn't be sold on Sundays. And so there were a lot of restrictions. There was a cultural kind of appreciation for Sunday as a day that's holy, which of course now we have a big separation, which I think is the right thing, and that we as followers of Christ can create our own kind of world. But this is such a different world than what I grew up in. And also, and this really was the work of the devil, that the wonderful world of Disney was on on Sunday nights, and we had church on Sunday nights, and I didn't get to see it, and I knew that that was, that was particularly um, Satan at work. The devil wanted me not to see that, and I, I could only guess that there was something, I don't know, that wasn't good about it, but I was really, I thought that was bad. So Sundays became this really set-aside time, a time for worship, a time for rest, a time for service. Often we were serving others on Sunday, whether it was taking someone to church who didn't have transportation, taking meals to someone or inviting someone into our home for meals, and doing community work. That was what our Sundays were made up of. And that's why I think we borrowed that traditional notion of the Jewish Sabbath. That Sunday was for us a spiritual day, a day to do holy work. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who was a very well-known writer, wrote this about in his book called Sabbath. The higher goal of spiritual living is not to amass a wealth of information, but to face sacred moments. The meaning of the Sabbath is to celebrate time rather than space. Six days a week, we live under the tyranny of things of space. On the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. It is a day on which we are called upon to share in what is eternal. To turn from the results of creation to the mystery of creation. To the mystery of creation. From the world of creation to the creation of the world. You know, in Exodus 20, God tells God's people, don't work on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest to remember the creation of the world of which you and I are a part. And in Deuteronomy 5, the Sabbath is a day to remember the exodus and the deliverance from slavery to undertake holy work. You remember that story where God's people are enslaved for more than 400 years in Egypt. And God sets them free and gives them a place, a space, and invites them into holy work. You see, the law that God gave was meant to give shape to institutions and to the community to free us to worship God and seek justice for our neighbor. In this gospel passage, the leader of the synagogue says, don't heal on the Sabbath. You got six other days to do that. Jesus, don't do this work on the Sabbath. 
Because the Sabbath for him had become an exercise in following rules for the sake of the law, rather than being a time of holy work, for being present to God on that sacred time. Jesus, you see, is offering a corrected vision of what God intended for Sabbath to mean. And so we find Jesus doing holy work on the Sabbath, and that provokes the religious leaders of his time. Think back to when Jesus first began his public teaching in the synagogue. You remember that time. He's in Galilee, and he's beginning his ministry, and they're in the middle of a service in the synagogue, and Jesus stands up to read the scripture from Isaiah. It's not even his turn to read, but he gets up to, can you imagine, you know, if someone just, one of you just comes up and says, I, I, I got a word from the Lord. Jesus does, and he reads this from Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he says there on that day in Galilee, he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is proclaiming and claiming the Sabbath as the day for holy work. And in today's gospel, that's exactly what we find, don't we? We find Jesus setting someone free from the bondage of 18 years of oppression. Jesus sees her. She doesn't come to Jesus. Jesus seeks her out. He sees that she's bent over. She's bound, unable to stand straight and look up. He sees her just as she is. And he sees holy work that he's called to do. Now, the scripture says that she is crippled, depending on the translation you use. She's crippled or she's uh, disabled, some say. She is perhaps uh, bound. That's actually the closest to the Greek word. She's bound in some way. And so this story is more than Jesus curing an illness. It may be that. But this is about liberation from bondage, which is crippling. This is the power that Jesus is called to fulfill. This is holy work. And this is threatening to the religious establishment of his day. This woman is bent over and cannot stand straight. And in this we see an invitation to consider the power of bondage that holds sway over us, a power that can bend us and keep us bent, 
Keep us from seeing what's ahead of us. Keep us only looking down to try to keep our steps going. Lost and not seeing ahead. Jesus offers the promise of liberation, of wholeness, and ultimately of rest. You see, we talk about these things, being crippled, being diseased, being bound. These are all ways that we talk about dealing with less in our lives, dealing with loss, dealing with those things which hold us back from living as fully as God intended for us to live. And when I think of this woman bent over in Jesus' words, he first tells her that she's free, and then he lays his hand on her, and she stands up straight. This is what liberation is all about. And I think of so many examples of people I know in my life, on my path, who I've met, who are bent over for years, bound. I think of a man I knew who was bound and bent over in his life for years and years with addiction. And I think of the freedom that he found when he stood up in front of another group of people who had dealt with addiction and said, Hi, my name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And I see Jesus standing beside him with his hand on his shoulder saying, Stand up straight. You are freed. You are loosed from the bonds. I think of two women I know who after many years of marriage learned that their marriages were not what they thought they were, who had been bowed over by the oppression in their life, and whose eyes were opened and stood straight and said, reclaim this life. Liberate these women. And I think especially of those who were bound by illness, particularly of mental illness, which we spent yesterday talking about, and how that can be a burden that weighs us down and down and down until we're so bent over we can't see ahead of us. These are those of us who need liberation, who Jesus wants to liberate. This is the holy work that God is doing. Think of this woman. Jesus, the, the scripture doesn't say he healed her. It says he loosed her from her bonds. And I want to tell you, we all should want to be loose women and loose men. We don't want to be bound. And that's the promise of God's liberation in our life. Freedom to worship God. The power of the name of Jesus, like the song says, it invites us to stand tall. 
This woman stands up straight. She's no longer forced to look at her feet. She's no longer forced to look down. She can look ahead. She is free to see the world as it is, to find her own voice, because Jesus restores her agency in her life, restores her vision to be part of God's reign in the world. Jesus calls her over. She is at the edges of the crowd, at the edge of society, as so many of us are when we're bowed over and bound. He sees that she is a daughter of Abraham, the only place this is used in Scripture. We hear about the sons of Abraham, but this is a daughter of Abraham. She is meant to be something different. God did not create her for this. And Jesus sees that and does the holy work of the Sabbath and sets her free. I think of all of those who are unseen, bowed over, held down through injustice, through stigma, through ignorance. I think of those who are on the margins, who we don't even see so often as we rush through our lives. Those with mental illness, which is one of my passions, advocacy for those I have myself experienced depression, anxiety, and I have a passion for that because of my mother. My mother grew up in a home that was at times toxic and abusive. And she suffered severe depression, was hospitalized, and she made a vow to herself that she was going to do whatever work it took to not pass that on if there was anything in her life that she could do. She didn't want to pass that on to me and my brothers. And I loved her for that. And because of that, I have this passion for people who suffer, who think there's something incomplete in them. And that led me, as Dan said, to help start a mental health conference in San Antonio that's going on, I think, this weekend or next. It's going on after many years. It's like having a child and setting it free. It's so wonderful to see. Because I believe that that's holy work. That's work to set people free. That Jesus is at work to unbind what binds us. That doesn't mean that we don't have brokenness in our life because we all do. And if you think you don't, you're wrong. What it means is that Jesus came in the flesh, the incarnation, to be with us, to show us there is release from the bondage of pain, that we can stand up, that we are meant to stand straight and be a part of God's kingdom and reign, that there is hope there is light to stand straight. You see, Sabbath means rest not from our labors, but from the outrageous, ungodly burdens that keep piling up on us, that we pile on ourselves or we pile on one another. Yes, I want to be a loose woman. It's true. I want to be loosed to do God's work to be God's vessel. 
I want to look to see what is the holy work of the Sabbath that God is calling me to. What is the holy work that God is calling you to? Who around you is bowed over, bound, who needs liberation, who needs the holy work of Jesus freeing love and power? And what do you need to throw off in order to stand up straight? What have you been carrying for years that Jesus will help lift off? Today, hear the word of God. You are set free. Now, you may not feel set free, and you may think, well, I'm not there yet. And that's the good news, that Jesus loves you just as you are right now in this very moment, whether you're standing straight or bowed over, whether you're in the midst of some terrible turmoil, or whether you have peace and a clear vision, whatever brings you here, God loves you just as you are. Before we uh, sing this song, um, why don't you join me in prayer? Lord, as Carol has uh, proclaimed, we can be set free in you. And she also proclaimed that you accept us just as we are. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're such a loving and great God, that you give us hope by setting us free, and you accept us how we are, and you forgive us. And Lord, you know, there may be people here, whether in the sanctuary or online, who are thinking, man, I'd like to get to know this God better. Or maybe if I do know him, I want to recommit my life in some way to really follow him in a very special way. And if anyone here in this room or online feels that, if they could just say a short prayer with me. Of Lord, thank you so much for loving us and accepting us and forgiving us. And sorry that I didn't get it till now or sorry that maybe I ignored you. Or I just didn't believe because my pain, my being bent over was so great. So please come into my life in a new and refreshing way. And I really want to accept your friendship, as you once used that word, and your lordship to follow you because you're the wisest one. And if anyone said that prayer silently in their heart, in, in their own words or in their own thoughts, um, if you might just be bold enough just to raise your hand right now or online, click a button that says, I committed my life to Christ or I want prayer. So here in this room, just put your hand up in faith. So thank you. I see those hands. You can lower them. Lord, thank you for these brave people who've raised their hands and those who perhaps online have indicated something or clicked on a button. We just marvel how loving you are and how you can set us free. And so, Lord, here in this room and people at home, we now stand to sing of this great truth 
of how you accept us just as we are. Amen. It's so great to be as a community together to affirm in a group, great are you, Lord, and he's a wonderful God. And um, just before I give the final benediction, I, I do want to, um, as uh, Carol's heading to the front door to shake hands, um, let's show our gratitude and mahalo to <laughs> Pastor Carol. great to have that encouraging word if we feel bent over, that the Lord is with us. Um, and just a reminder, please join us at the Espresso uh, place. And uh, as soon as I have to do some prayers, I'll be there over there. And uh, hopefully some of the other staff will be there too so we can say hi. And uh, if you have any prayer concerns, maybe something was stirred up in you, the prayer team is meeting right outside the glass doors, and they would love to pray with you in a very relaxing and confidential atmosphere. And now receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love and the freeing power of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. And to you online, aloha, hui ho, see you guys next week. Only Jesus can release us from all the bonds that hold us down and prevent us from being truly free. Many thanks to Pastor Carol Moorhead for today's message. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, please visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. First Prez invites you to church. Join us in person or online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at The Vine, or online through our websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with all that's happening at church. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Prez can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call the church, 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.